Well, Happy New Year to everyone on this last day of 2023, whether you're joining us in person or maybe you're watching online. Man, so glad to have you with us today. And I also want to take a moment, as I do every single week, it's one of my favorite things that I get to do, and that is look into the camera and say a big hello to all the men and women joining us in our correctional ministry, whether you're in one of the 400 prisons throughout our country or in our local county jail out at CCNO, or maybe over in the country of Belize in the Belize Central Prison. We love you guys. We believe in you. Come on, D-Town. Let me welcome our church family today. Come on, let them know. Love having you guys a part of our church. And before we jump into the message today, I do want to remind us that our annual 21 days of prayer and fasting is quickly approaching. And so I want to put this on our calendar that we'd be praying about what God would have us fast this year. We would be preparing and getting our hearts ready. How many know it takes some t- preparation time to, to get ready to fast? At least it does for me. I'm just saying I hate fasting, but I love the results. And so I want to encourage you to, to be praying and preparing for that, but it starts on Monday, January the 8th and runs through uh, Sunday, January 28th, and we will have prayer right here in this auditorium every single day during those 21 days. On Monday through Friday, we'll be praying from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. We'll have a little worship, a little message, a little devotional. Then we're going to spread out and just storm heaven and seek God together. Then on Saturdays, from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., and of course on Sundays, we will be here for our normal church services. And then on Sunday, January 28th, we are capping it all off with a deeper night of worship that you're not going to want to miss. I'm just saying that now, but, but here's what I know. God always does exceedingly and abundantly more than we can think, ask, or even imagine as we just make room for him. And prayer and fasting, fasting is all about disconnecting from this world, and prayer is all about connecting our hearts with God. And I'm just saying, every time I fasted, God has always done more than I've asked. And so I want to encourage all of us that at whatever level that we would participate, that we would seek God. And here's what I know, that 2024 can be the best year of our lives if it's the best year spiritually. And one of the reasons why we start off every year with 21 days of prayer and fasting since the history of this church is we're saying, God, in 2024, you're first. Before anything else, you are first. And if you've never fasted before, you can find some more resources on our website, xchurch.tv, or through the Experience Church app. Uh, We have those available for you there. But as we get ready to head into the new year, I was thinking, I just just feel like someone needs to hear this, and and that is that some of the things we, we were carrying and holding on to in 2023 is not supposed to come with us into 2024. I just feel like there's some things that we need to to leave behind. And today on this last day of 2023, I want to talk to us about open doors, open doors in 2024. And in the Bible, an open door is a symbol of a God opportunity. Everybody say opportunity. An open door is a symbol of a God opportunity. In fact, the Apostle Paul referred to it like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Paul said, when I came to the the city of Troas to preach the good news of Christ, the Lord, what did the Lord do? He opened a door of opportunity for me. 
open doors in 2024. And so let's pray as we get ready to study God's word together. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word. And we pray right now in this moment that you would speak to each and every one of us right where we're at with exactly what we need to hear as only you can. God, I pray for those who are searching for you that they would encounter your presence, encounter your love, that you would become real to them like never before. God, I pray for any one of us who feels stuck or delayed in our journey, God, that you would speak to us right where we're at. God, I pray that you would help us to see you in a way that we've never seen you before. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Now to unpack this, this idea of opportunities and open doors, I want to study just a little bit of the story of a woman in the Bible named Esther. Now, if you've never studied her story before, it's a real life Cinderella story. I mean, this girl goes from rags to riches. She comes from the bottom and she rises to the top of society. She goes from being an orphan girl to becoming queen of the most powerful nation in the entire world at that time. Anyone besides me love a good underdog story? Like this come from behind victory where, where somebody, a person or a team overcome impossible odds to get the victory. I think one of the reasons why I love stories like this is because I can relate to it in some way, shape or form. In fact, anybody besides me who shouldn't be standing where they're standing, but there's no reason I should have made it through this. There's no way I should have overcome that. But God opened the door and he made a way where there was no way. Anybody else besides me today? This, in essence, is Esther's story. Now, the book of Esther is only one of two books in the entire Bible that's named after a woman. The other one is the book of Ruth. Well done, church. Well done. But what separates the book of Esther from every other book in the Bible is that nowhere in the 10 chapters of this small book is God's name mentioned or even referenced, which poses the question, why would God allow a book within his book? Because how many of us know the Bible's all about God? Why would God allow a book within his book to not even mention or reference his name. I would submit to us today that one of the answers quite possibly could be is the fact that there's going to be moments in our lives where God seems to be nowhere to be found. That if we live on the planet long enough that we're going to find ourselves in, in, in situations, we're going to find ourselves in life where God seems to be absent from our circumstances, where he seems to be invisible in our situations where God doesn't always do what we want him to do when we want him to do it. Like anybody besides me ever been confused by or even questioned or even disagreed with God's plan for our lives? Like God, if you loved me, then why are you allowing me to go through what I'm going through. God, if you're such a good God, then why are all these bad things happening to me? Like, what do we do when we can't hear God? Well, what do we do when we can't see God in our lives? What do we do when we can't sense God and we don't know what he wants us to do or where he wants us to go? 
I believe this is one of the reasons why the book of Esther is in the Bible, to give us hope in these kind of moments of our lives. Because as we read it and we watch her story unfold, we see this God opportunity, this, this open door for her to step into places she never thought she would ever be. And yet God is nowhere on the scene, and yet he is everywhere in the story, which kind of just challenges all of us as followers of Jesus to have a, a faith that still trusts God even when we can't trace him in our lives. To have a faith where I know God is in control even though I can't see him at work in my life. To have this, this faith that stands firm even though I can't feel his presence in my life. To know that I know, 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 that no matter what I'm going through, that I know, that I know, that I know, that he's still present even when I feel like he's absent. To have this faith that's just that knows that while I'm waiting on God to answer these prayers, while I'm waiting on God to, to hear my cry, I still know that he's working on my behalf. This is the story of Esther. This is, this is some of the faith that, that we get to grab a hold of when we see her story. And how many of us know that God is sovereign? which means that God is in control. God is in control. I don't know who needs to be reminded of that today, no matter what you're facing, no matter what your situation or circumstances is, God is in control. Because of that, how many know he's not worried about the stuff we're worried about? He's not up at night thinking about stuff that's on our minds. He's sovereign. He is in control. Now, he might allow some things to take place in our lives. He's not causing everything, but he's allowing things to happen that he will use for his good and for our good. And we see this in the life of Esther. And so let's dive into some of her story today. Today's going to be a little teachy. Uh, I might preach a little bit if you pull it out of me. I'm just saying Esther chapter one, starting in verse one, says this, this is what happened during the time of Xerxes, the, the Xerxes who ruled over 127 provinces stretching from India to Kush. At that time, King Xerxes reigned from his royal throne in the citadel of Susa and in the third, everybody say third, in the third year of his reign, he gave a banquet for all his nobles and officials. Now, just so we all understand what's happening right now, uh, Xerxes is a king. He's in his third year of reigning as king, and he's the king of Persia. This would have been right around the time frame of 483 B.C. And the Jewish people have been conquered and they've been exiled to live underneath the Babylonians, the Syrians, and the Persian army and kingdom. This is the, the, the time frame where we start to, to read stories about Daniel in the lion's den. This is the same time where we start reading about stories like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who refused to bow down and worship King Nebuchadnezzar's image. The book of Esther is right around the same time of two other books of the Bible, Nehemiah and Ezra. Ezra was let out of, of, of the Persian empire to go and start to rebuild the temple. And then Nehemiah led a group of people out of Persia to go and rebuild the city walls. 
And then we're getting ready to, to meet this woman named Esther who has stayed back. She's not gone with the, the rest of the Jewish remnant that, that has already left. And what's happening is the king of Persia is throwing a party. It goes on to say, the military leaders of Persia and Media, the princes and the nobles of the provinces were all present. Verse four says, for a full 180 days, he displayed the vast wealth of his kingdom and the splendor and glory of his majesty. Verse five says, when these days were over, the king gave a banquet lasting seven days. In other words, ain't no party like a Persian party because a Persian party don't stop. It goes on to say, in, in the enclosed garden of the king's palace, for all the people from the least to the greatest were in the citadel of Susa. And so here's what's going on. King Xerxes is in charge. He is the man. He's leading the Persian Empire, which is a world-dominating power. I mean, they're in charge of everything. And so this guy is the most powerful man in the entire world at this time. He has a wife, the queen, her name is Vashti. Everybody say Vashti. And the Bible tells us that we just read for 180 days, King Xerxes is showing off his majesty. He's showing off his kingdom. I mean, he's showing it all off. And then after that 180 days, he throws a week long party. Now you can read more about that party in Esther chapter one, but it goes into great detail, the wealth and the money that is at this party. It tells you things like every guest at this party had a unique and special golden goblet or, or cup that was not like the other. There was just so much money, so much wealth. And, and you'll find out that the, the king had one rule that if you were thirsty, you could drink as much wine as you wanted to. There were no breathalyzers, there was no cap. You could drink as much wine as you want. Now, if you don't know, just take my word for it, that is a recipe for disaster, I'm just saying. And the Bible tells us that on the seventh day of this party, King Xerxes' spirits were high. Translated, this guy was drunk, man. This guy was intoxicated. And uh, for whatever reason, he decided on the seventh day of his party to call for his wife, Vashti, to come to the party so he could show her off to all the people that were in attendance. Well, for whatever reason, Queen Vashti did not want to be put on display and she refuses the king's orders. At this moment, the king is furious, he's offended, he's frustrated, he's been humiliated in front of all of his guests. So he calls his advisors together and says, fellas, what do I do? The queen has just refused my request in front of everybody. How do I respond to this blatant disobedience? Well, his advisors say to him, well, this isn't just a problem for you, king. It's a problem for us too. And he's like, how so? Well, and they say, well, if the queen won't obey the king's orders, what's going to stop our wives from not obeying us? Fellas, this is a big deal, big problem. And we'll cover more of this in our relationship series in February. <laughs> but his advisors, I mean, this is, this is not good. His advisors go, hey, we got an idea. Why don't you make a decree, make a law, put a law in place that banishes Queen Vashti from ever being in your presence again? And he's like, that's, that's, that sounds like a good idea. 
And so he does it. He banishes her from ever being in his presence ever again. And then his advisors come up with another plan. Oh, and by the way, since she can't come in your presence anymore, why don't we host the biggest beauty pageant the world has ever known to help try and find you a new queen? And out of all the women living in that time period, they find this Jewish girl. They didn't know she was Jewish, but they find this Jewish girl named Esther. She's an orphan. Both of her parents have died, and she's been selected because of the favor of God on her life. And she steps out of the lowest social class in history, and she steps into royalty all because of a door God put in front of her. As we study her story, I believe as we step into this new year, 2024, I believe that there's going to be some opportunities. I believe there's going to be some doors that God puts in front of us, but something we're going to have to learn to do as followers of Jesus is to be able to differentiate between good opportunities and God opportunities. I want us to know that, the, that, that not every door is a God door. That we're not supposed to walk through every open door. We're not supposed to take advantage of every opportunity. In other words, just because we can doesn't always mean that we should. We have to learn how to wait on the Lord for God opportunities. I, I think we live in a world that if it's quick and if it's immediate and if it's fast, then it must be good. But I would make the argument today that's not necessarily the case. And so I want to help us as we step into this new year, that there's going to be some doors that God will put in front of us. But from Esther's story, we need to learn how to differentiate between good opportunities and God opportunities. And so if you're taking notes, four things today, we'll move rather quickly that we see about God opportunities from Esther's story. Take a notes, write this first one down. And that is God opportunities are disguised as obstacles. Oh, how fun is this, right? Aren't you glad you came to church on this last day of 2023? But what I've discovered oftentimes in my life is that opportunities that God puts in front of us, they oftentimes come wrapped in the form of obstacles. Like we see this in the life of Esther. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's fun to talk about how she became queen. It's fun to talk about this rags to riches story that she has. But can I just remind us that she was an orphan? Both her parents have died. Can, can you just imagine for a moment the heartache, the pain, the void that would have left in her life growing up without any parents? Not to mention she's a slave living in another land. She's a woman of God. She's a Jewish woman of God trying to practice her customs and her beliefs in a pagan culture. These are just some of the obstacles that she's starting her journey out with. And what I've discovered is that the obstacles in our lives will either make us better or will make us bitter. The problems in our lives will either conquer them or will complain about them. Anybody besides me. And if we're not careful, we can be overwhelmed by the challenges that are in front of us, not realizing that every God opportunity comes with some obstacles. Like, like, why are we surprised that whenever we step out and step into the future that God has for us, we're met with some headwind? 
not realizing every God opportunity comes with some obstacles. Like it's important for us to understand that, this, that whenever we step out to do what God's calling us to do and to be who's God's called us to be, we're going to be met with some resistance. Come on, church, talk to me a little bit. There's going to be some adversity. You're not going through some hardships and struggles because you're, you're doing something wrong. You're going through them because you're doing something right. And any time we step out to do what God's called us to do, we're always going to be met with some resistance. That's why our purpose has to be bigger than our pain. What, what's that workout saying? No pain, no, no pain, no gain. But why do we say that? Because it doesn't matter how uncomfortable it gets, no matter how much it hurts, no matter how much I want to quit, where I'm going is so much better than where I am. And so there's no quitting me. I'm not giving up until I get where God's calling me to go. I think too often we can fall in the trap of complaining about our problems, not realizing that the obstacles in our lives are actually opportunities for us to step into places we've never been before. I'll give us a couple of examples because you asked, what if those problems... What if those problems in our marriages aren't reasons to quit and walk away, but opportunities for us to become a better spouse and have the marriage that we always wanted to have? Because if we didn't face those obstacles, if we didn't face those challenges, we never would have made those changes and we would have missed an opportunity. How I many know all those obstacles in our relationships are actually opportunities for us to go to a deeper level of intimacy with our spouse? Like, what if those obstacles in our business are actually opportunities for us to be more successful than we've ever been? What if those obstacles in our leadership are actually opportunities for us to get a promotion? It, it kind of reminds me of when Steven Spielberg was making the movie Jaws. For those of you who've never seen the movie, I don't know where you've been, but it's about a shark. And they had this big, huge, mechanical shark. And when they went to go start filming the movie, the shark actually malfunctioned and broke, and it sunk to the bottom of the ocean. Talk about an obstacle. The whole movie is about the shark, and now it's sitting at the bottom of the ocean. And so Steven Spielberg went back to the drawing board and thought maybe, maybe, just maybe, there's an opportunity in the midst of this obstacle. For some of us, what we went through in 2023, we, we experienced some real pain. But if I can encourage us to stop and pause, we can actually discover purpose in our pain. And so Steven Spielberg and his crew, they went back to the drawing board and they thought, maybe there's something to this no shark thing. And they came up with this idea to create curiosity and fear within the audience by using sound effects and only showing glimpses of the shark. Well, as many of you know, the movie Jaws went on to be one of the biggest movies ever made and was a launch pad to Steven Spielberg's career. And what's interesting is in film school, even to this day, they still study his technique and art form because it was one of the greatest opportunities he ever had in his entire career. But it all started with a huge obstacle. Esther has a big opportunity. The door, this opportunity was put right in front of her. This door, it was open, but she had to decide not to sit back and complain about everything that hasn't gone her way, but instead to step in and go to work. 
I, I love what Thomas Edison says. He says, he said, opportunity is missed by most people because it's dressed in overalls and it looks like work. Nobody ever said it was going to be easy. Nobody ever said breaking off away from that addiction was going to be easy. Nobody said working on your marriage to have the marriage you've always wanted that your parents didn't have and your grandparents didn't have. Nobody ever said paving new paths was going to be easy. But I promise you it's worth it. I feel like there's some trailblazers in the room today or maybe watching online where your parents didn't model the perfect family. You don't know what it looks like, but God's calling you to pave a new path. He's calling you to blaze a new trail, to go in new directions. And nobody ever said it was going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it if you'll trust God and follow him, him into places you've never been before. I'm just saying, God's got some open doors in 2024, and I don't want us to be not ready for them. The second thing we learn about God opportunities from Esther's story is number two, write this down, opportunities are delivered through people. 99% of the time when God provides us with an opportunity or an open door, he'll use a person to deliver it. Kind of reminds me of my beautiful wife, Justina, who is extremely picky when it comes to pillows. Like she has to have the right pillow to be able to sleep with, otherwise it messes up her neck and she can't get comfortable. Any other uh, picky pillow people in the place today? It's a lot of peace. Well, over the years, me and my wife have invested over a million dollars into trying, <laughs> trying to, the things we could do with that money. But we invested it into the pillow world to try and uh, to go on this search for the perfect pillow. I mean, we've tried my pillow, we tried Tempur-Pedic pillows, we tried feather pillows, we tried fat pillows, skinny pillows, all kinds of pillows. In fact, at the market today after service, I have a pillow a selection for you to buy and to, to walk home with maybe your best pillow ever in the history of the world. But after all this search, we finally found, come on, we finally found, thank you, Jesus, the perfect <laughs> pillow. Was it easy? No, it was an obstacle. We found the perfect pillow, and so she travels with that pillow, and she loves that pillow, and, and sometimes I think she loves the pillow more than me, but that's, not, that's another message. But we were traveling not too long ago, and on our way home, we stayed in a hotel, and we kind of got up early to hit the road, and we're about three hours after we left the hotel, and I don't know how she remembered, because the luggage was in the trunk, but she goes, oh, I go, what? She goes, my pillow, my pillow. I left my pillow behind. And if you know anything about me, I don't stop on trips. Like I don't want to enjoy the journey. I want the whole goal is to break records and to try and see if we can't get there as fast as we possibly can. Like I play dumb. She's like, I got to go to the bathroom. And then she'll notice like we passed four bathrooms. She's like, what are you doing? Like, oh, you had now you had to go now. I thought that was like later when we got there, you could go to the bathroom. And so she calls the hotel and, and because I didn't want to turn around and, and the hotel, thankfully, one of the, one of the housekeepers had found uh, uh, the pillow. And uh, after we asked them very politely, the, the hotel agreed uh, for a small, actually large fee, they would FedEx it back to us. And so we agreed because we've already spent enough money on pillows anyways with a few more hundred dollars, right? <laughs> Who cares at this point? But here's my point. There is a point to this story. Um, I, the point is I've lost a lot of money on pillows. That's it. So, But the hotel was sending the pillow, but FedEx was the delivery agent. 
Make no mistake about it. Every opportunity is sent by God. Every open door is sent by God, but more often than not, he uses people to deliver them. Think about Esther's story. She, she goes from being an orphan girl in the streets to becoming queen of Persia. How does that, how do you go from being an orphan on the streets to being queen of what the most powerful nation in the world? Well, because Xerxes chose her. God sent the opportunity. God put the open door in front of her, but King Xerxes delivered the opportunity. God used a pagan, unbelieving king to provide for Esther an opportunity of a lifetime. God can use that person in your life that you don't think he can. That boss, that unbelieving boss, he can still work through that boss and provide an open door and an opportunity. And then as we read more of Esther's story, we discover that it wasn't just King Xerxes that was delivering opportunities, but also her cousin Mordecai, who was like a mentor, a godly mentor to her in her life. Mordecai would counsel her over and over and over again. And as he does, opportunities and open doors kept opening for her. Let me say it like this. Catch this. You can write this down. Alignment is more important than assignment. What you want to accomplish in 2024 will be determined by who you surround yourself with. Let me say it like this. If you look back at 2023 at all the opportunities you were able to take advantage of, all the things you were able to accomplish, all the doors you were able to walk through, well, I would challenge you to think about who were the people around you that allowed you and helped you to take advantage of those God opportunities and those God doors in your life. But then on the flip side, how many of us maybe missed some opportunities in 2023? We didn't step through some open doors in our lives. And I would just challenge us to look at the people around our lives in those moments too, because alignment is more important than assignment. And so the question is, who are we aligning ourselves up with in 2024? Who are we positioning ourselves around? That's why we're big on community around here, whether it's through small groups or serving on the dream team and volunteering. Why? Because I'm getting around a group of people who are going in the same direction that I'm going. And how many of us know none of us get there on our own? None of us get there on. If you do, you'll be the first person in the history of the world because nobody gets there on their own. We, if we want to go deeper in our spiritual walk in 2024, I mean, we're not going to get there by ourselves. We need to be hanging around people who are going in the same direction that we want to go. Opportunities are delivered through people. The third thing we learn about opportunities, God opportunities from Esther's story, if you're taking notes, is number three, opportunities are realized by patience and preparation. We're not having any fun at all today, are we? Who likes patience? Who likes preparation? I think one of the mistakes that we make when we read the Bible is we think that every, everything happens at the speed that it takes us to read it. Like we read one chapter of the story of Esther, it takes about five minutes, and we think, man, that happened so fast in her life. She went from being an orphan to the queen. Wow, incredible how that took place, but not realizing, man, that took years for that to come to pass in her life. I mean, a real life unfolds over time and there's a process that requires patience and preparation. 
In Esther chapter one, we found that it was the third year of King Xerxes' reign. But take a look at what Esther chapter two, verses 16 and 17 tell us. It says she was taken, finally in this beauty pageant, she was taken before the king Xerxes in the royal residence in the 10th month, the month of Tibet, in the seventh year of his reign. Four years have happened between Esther chapter one and Esther chapter two. Now the king was attracted to Esther more than any of the other women and she won his favor and approval more than any of the other virgins. So he set a royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. It's been four years since the king got upset with Queen Vashti. It's been four years since they started this beauty pageant and this search for a new queen. Not only that, but when Esther was chosen to be a part of this beauty pageant, the Bible tells us that she, it took a year. She went through a year-long preparation process before she would even get a chance to have one date with the, the king. And on that date, he would decide if he wants to go for a second date or if he would never want to see her again. How many of us know we have to learn patience? How many of us know patience is a virtue? At least that's what I tell my kids. Our ability to wait, it matters. It matters in our faith. Now, just so we're on the same page, patience isn't just the ability to wait, but patience is the ability to wait with the right attitude. I got to have the right attitude because I don't know about you, but I've made the mistake time and time again of waiting, but not waiting with the right attitude. And therefore I got nothing in the waiting process. Kind of reminds me of those people who go to the gym, but they don't work out. They just talk the whole time. <laughs> I, I literally, I have had, I've had guys stand on the side of the treadmill and talk to me. I'm running and they're like, Hey, you know, it was, you know, it was just okay message the other day that that your wife just seen a preach. I really like it better when you preach. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I know, I know, man. I'm joking. But they stand there the entire time. They're in the gym. They couldn't get closer to the equipment than they are. Yet they don't take, they waste their entire time. And how many of us know if we're not patient the right way, we can waste our time too. I heard it once said that our attitudes will determine our altitudes. In other words, our attitudes can set us up to succeed or they can cause us to struggle. Opportunities are realized by patience and preparation. Now, are we prepared for God to give us the opportunity that we've been asking for? All my single people, you've been praying for that wife. But what kind of character development have you been doing in the waiting process? If God answered that prayer to bring someone into you, are you ready to be the spouse they need you to be? What are we doing in the waiting process? Are we getting prepared so that we're ready? Because the worst thing that can happen is for God to open up a door for us that we're not ready to walk through. We're praying and we're asking and we're pleading for God to open a door in our life only to realize I'm not ready to walk through it. How I many of you heard the phrase window of opportunity? It's a window of opportunity because it's not going to be around forever. And so the question is, what will we do with the opportunities God wants to give us in 2024? What's our 
plan to make sure we're prepared as we patiently wait for God to open doors for us to walk through. Because how many of us know if we fail to plan, we plan to fail. And that's why I love what we do here at Experience Church by starting the year out with 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're not waiting till we feel like fasting because how many of us know that day ain't ever coming for me? I never feel like fasting. No, but I've decided in my heart to follow Jesus. I've decided in my heart, man, I need, I need more of you in 2024, God. That I do know. I can do without some food, but I need you more. God, I pray you would increase and I would decrease in 2024. And so regardless of how we feel, man, we have a plan to start 2024 off with putting God first. And so we're going to get up early when we'd rather go back to bed. We're going to deny ourselves and draw near to God because there's an open door and there's an opportunity that God has for us this year and we're not going to miss it. Anybody besides me? I'm not missing it this year. And so finally, the fourth thing, as I'm running out of time, the fourth thing we learn about God opportunities from Esther's story is number four. Opportunities from God are always bigger than you. They're always bigger than us. I mean, God doesn't just bless us for us. He blesses us so that we can be a blessing to somebody else. God doesn't just promote us so that we can ride off into the sunset and live happily ever again. No, God promotes us so that we can bring others up with us. God doesn't, God doesn't just give us influence so that we can say whatever we want to say on social media, people. God gives us influence so that we would be his mouthpiece and that we would declare the, the truth that Jesus is the way, he's the truth, and he is the life. That I would use my influence for his glory. And so I don't comment on that post, even though I wanted to, and it had it all typed up, but then I deleted it. <laughs> because opportunities from God are always bigger than us. And there's a beautiful, beautiful part of Esther's story in Esther chapter 4, She's become queen at this point, and she catches wind that there's a plot to kill uh, not just her, but her entire people, all the Jewish people in Persia. Let's take a look at verse 12 through 14 as we close today. It says, when Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, her cousin, he responded and sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. Man, that's a powerful part of the, the story. Her cousin Mordecai is basically, if you don't, if you're not the one to save us, if you're not gonna stand up, God will use somebody else. Why? It's a window of opportunity. If you don't wanna step in through those doors, God will use someone else to step through those doors. He's calling you, but he'll call someone else if he has to but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. I don't know where you're at in your life today. I don't know what's going on in, in your heart, your job, school. I don't know what dreams he's put inside of you, but what if, what if you've come to this place for such a time as this? I love this about the book of Esther. 
where God is not mentioned or even referenced and he seems like he's nowhere on the scene and yet he's everywhere in the story. Sometimes our lives are like that. He seems like he's nowhere to be found, but yet he's actually everywhere around us. And God didn't choose Esther to be queen so she could just live a comfortable life and have all of her needs met. Instead, God promoted her to queen because she would have an opportunity, not just to save herself, but to save her people from being killed. God opportunities are always bigger than us. And so whatever opportunities, can I just speak this over us? Whatever opportunities God puts in front of us in 2024, whatever doors he opens, I want to challenge us to not just walk through them by ourselves, but to take some people with us. Who are we pouring into? Who are we encouraging? Who are we mentoring? Who are we investing in? That we wouldn't just walk through these doors and take advantage of these opportunities by ourselves, but we would take some other people with us. I want to remind us as we close today that 2024 can be the best year of our lives if it's the best year spiritually. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you, God. We thank you for your presence. God, your presence changes everything. God, I pray a faith would arise in our hearts today that regardless of how we feel, regardless of what we see, regardless of what we sense, God, there would be a faith that trusts you no matter what, that believes in you, that will follow you no matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstance. God, that you would increase and we would decrease. More of you, God, and less of us in 2024. As we're praying together today with every head bowed and every eye closed, can I just encourage you, would you just pray this right where you're at? Would you just pray this in your heart? Speak, Lord. I'm listening. How do you want me to respond to the message today? I don't want to just be a hearer of your word. I want to be a doer. What's my next step? What are you calling me to do? Speak, Lord. I'm listening. As we're praying together today, maybe, maybe you feel in your heart, man, 2024, man, God's gotten something for me. I just feel in my spirit, I feel in my heart, a year of breakthrough, of year new, of new beginnings. I don't want to miss the opportunities that God has for me. I don't want to miss the open doors. If that's you, you want to be able to distinguish and differentiate between good opportunities and God opportunities, opportunities, would you just lift your hand to heaven? Come on, right where you're at. I want to walk through the God doors in my life. I want the God opportunities. I don't want just good opportunities. God, I want your opportunities. I've tried everything else. Father, you see the hands in this place as a sign declaring, God, we want your opportunities. We'll follow you wherever you're calling us to go. God, give us wisdom. God, I pray you give us eyes to see and ears to hear your voice, God. That you would give us the courage to follow you into places that we've never been before. God, not to run from our obstacles or our problems, but to run through them. To surround ourselves with the right people, to have patience, in that waiting process, God, that we prepare our hearts for where you're calling us to go. Because we realize our opportunities that you're placing before us aren't just for us. They're bigger than us. That we grow your kingdom. We grow heaven and shrink hell. And you use us, God, not to keep the life that you've given to us, but to give it away as, to as many people as possible. God, speak a blessing over everyone here, every hand raised. God, let's have a sensitivity to your voice and your presence. 
Jesus' name. As we continue praying together today, we talked about how 2024 could be the best year of our lives if it's the best year spiritually. And maybe you're in this place and you would say, I don't have a relationship with God. I know about God. I know the story, but I've never surrendered in my life. Or maybe you walked with God at one point in time, but you know in your heart you've drifted. I want to give you an opportunity to make the best decision that I ever made where I surrender my life. Here's my heart, God, which you've always wanted. I'm tired of running. I surrender all to you. God gave me a life I never thought possible. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you, maybe you're watching online today, would you lift your hand to heaven saying, as a son, I need a relationship with God. I want to know him in a way that changes everything in my heart. And right where you are, would you just pray this prayer with me and say, God, thank you for your love that never fails. Thank you for loving me right where I'm at, but loving me enough not to let me stay there. Right now, in this place, here's my life. God, forgive me of my sin. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to pay the price for my sin on the cross. God, forgive me. Fill me with your spirit. Show me how to live. My life is yours. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give God some praise for all I did today.